Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Once again, you listen to Wellness with Zenedia. We continue with the book, Success Through Positive Mental Attitude, Chapter 5. And something more. Have you essentially tried and still failed? Perhaps you felt because there was something more that was needed to bring you the success you were seeking. Ikrit said, The whole is equal to the sum of all the parts, and it's greater than any of its parts. This can be related, assimilated, and applied to every result or achievement. Conversely, any part is smaller than the whole. Therefore, it's important that you add all the necessary parts to complete the whole. A negative mental attitude is one of the primary causes of failure. You may be needlessly ignorant of fact, universal laws, and powers. You may know many of them but fail to apply them to a specific need. You may not know how you can affect, use, control, or harmonize with powers known and unknown. When you seek success with PMA, you keep trying, you keep searching to find something more. Failure is experienced by those who, when they experience defeat, stop trying to find the something more. It's easy when you learn the something more and experience the know-how. Give a puzzle to a child, and he may not solve it if he keeps trying and learns how to solve it, he can then work it quickly. You are not a child, but perhaps there are several of life's puzzles you would like to solve. You can solve them more easily with PMA. For example, there once was a songwriter who wrote a song but could not get it published. Judge M brought it and added something more. The something more made George M a fortune. He merely added three little words. Hip, hip, hooray. Thomas Edison tried more than 10,000 experiments before he developed a successful incandescent lamp. But after each defeat, he kept searching for something more until he found what he was looking for. When the unknown become known to him, innumerable electric light bulb 
could be manufactured. It was necessary only to apply the universal laws that had always existed, but which had not been previously recognized as applicable for the specific invention. There are many cures and preventative for diseases, but at a given time, there may be unknown. The medical preventative for polio was unknown until Dr. Jonas Sack used principles of universal law that were previously not applied by the medical profession for the prevention of this deadly disease. You may make a million dollars by employing a success formula. If you lose your money, you can make another million and even more. That is, provided you know the formula and apply it. Suppose you did not recognize the formula that helped you make your first million. You may fail in your second attempt because you deviate from the principles of success that are applicable on your second attempt. You may need to make adjustments for changing conditions, but the principles will remain the same. Orville and Walburn succeed in flying because they had something more. Many inventors came exceedingly close to inventing the airplane before the Wright brothers. The Wright brothers used the same principles that were employed to the others but they did something more. They create a new combination. So they succeed did where all others failed. The something more was rather simple. They attach movable flaps of a particular design to the edges of the wings so the pilot could control them and maintain the plane's equilibrium. Those flaps were the forerunners of the modern elk run. You'll notice there's a common denominator to all those success stories. In each case, the secret ingredient was the application of a previously unapplied universal law that made the difference. So, if you are standing on the threshold of success without being able to pass over, try adding something more. It needed, it need not be much. The words heap, heap away were all it took to make a hit tune. Tiny flaps were all it took to make an airplane fly out the others failed. 
it is not necessary the quantity of something more, but the inspired quality that counts. Why did the Supreme Court decide that Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone? Many persons claim to have invented the telephone before Alexander. Among those who held prior patents were Gray, Edison, Dolby, MacDonald, Van der Weyde, and Ray Phillips Reese was the only one who apparently came close to success. The little difference that made the big difference was a single screw. Reese did not know that if he had turned one screw one quarter of a turn, he would run. He would have transformed interrupted current into continuous current. Then he could have been successful. In a United States Supreme Court case, the court noted that Reese knew what had to be done in order to transmit speech by electricity is very apparent for in his first paper, he said, as soon as it is possible to produce anywhere and in any manner vibrations whose curves shall be the same as those of any given tone or combination of tones, we shall receive the same impression as that tone or combination of tones would have produced on us. The court further note, Rees discovered how to reproduce musical tones, but he did not know more. He could sing through his apparatus, but he could not talk. From the beginning to the end, he has considered this. As in the case of the Wright brothers, the something more Bell added was comparatively simple. He switches from an intermittent to a continuous current, the only type capable of reproducing human speech. The two current are exactly the same, direct current, intermittent. Means breaking with a slight pause. Specifically, Bell kept the circuits open instead of breaking the circuit intermittently, as Rhys has done. The court concludes Rhys never thought of it, and he failed to transmit speech telegraphically. Bell did, and he succeeds. Under such circumstances, it is impossible to hold that 
What Ruiz did was an anticipation of the discovery of Bell. To follow Ruiz is to fail, but to follow Bell is to succeed. The difference between the two is just the difference between failure and success. If Ruiz had kept on, he might have found out the way to succeed. But he stopped and failed. Bell took up his work and carried it on the onto successful result. His silent senior partner inspired him to success. RG Builder of heavy earth moving equipment motivates thousands of persons which is inspirational speeches. In those talks, he referred recently, reverently, to my senior partner. He told about the inspiration and help he received from the partner and help he received from the partner. Eternal had little formal education but he performed feats of engineering that are astounding. As a subcontractor on the Great Hoover Dam in Nevada, Latona lost a fortune because he ran into an unexpected strata of rock. The gas was drilling through the rock was more than he had calculated in estimating his contract. So he went broke trying to fulfill his end of the bargain. But instead of brooding over his loss, Tono turned to prayer. How did he pray? By expressing gratitude, profound gratitude for what he had left, a sound body, a strong pair of hands, a brain that could think, and something more. In my hours of greatest distress, said Lutono, I found my greatest asset in the revelation in the revelation and discovery of a silent senior partner. I have since recognized this partner in my personal and business life. Everything I have, everything I have done that has been worthwhile, I owe to him. Napoleon Hill was associated with Mr. Lotuno for 18 months and had an opportunity to observe him closely. By this time, Litono had become a well-known inspirational lecturer. He devoted much of his time to traveling around the world, county, country in his private plane, preaching his message. It's wonderful to be in partnership with God. One night when the two men 
were flying from were flying home from a speaking engagement in North Carolina. Something interesting happened. Soon after his pilot took off, Mr. Latuna went to sleep. In about thirty minutes, Napoleon Hill saw him take a little notebook from his pocket and write several lines in it. After the plane landed, Napoleon Hill asked Mr. Latuna if he remembered writing in his notebook. Why no? exclaimed Latuna. He immediately pulled the notebook from his pocket and looked at it. He said, Here it is. I've been looking for this for several months. Here is the answer to a problem that has kept me from completing a machine we are working on. When you receive a flash of inspiration, write it down. This may be the something more that you are looking for. We believe that communication with infinite intelligence is through the subconscious mind. We believe you should establish the habit of immediately writing down flashes of inspiration as they are communicated to you from the subconscious to the conscious. Albert developed intricate and profound theories regarding the universe and the natural laws that control it. Yet, he controls only the simplest but most important of instruments ever invented, a pencil and a piece of paper. He wrote down his question and answers. You will develop your mental powers when you learn and develop the habit of asking yourself questions. When you learn and develop the habit of using pencil and paper to write down your questions, ideas, and answers, it is unlikely that Einstein and other scientists would have come to their successful conclusion unless they had learned from the recorded knowledge of mathematicians and scientists who preceded them. It is also unlikely that Einstein would have tried unless he had been motivated to search for universal principles after having developed the habit of engaging in thinking, time, and action. Do you know of any great thinker or person of achievement who does not make notes of ideas that occur to him? Learn creative thinking from the creative thinker. Your Creative Power and Applied Imagination by Alex F. Have inspired hundreds of thousands of persons to engage in creative thinking. 
what is equally important. Those people have been motivated to positive, constructive action. Thinking is not creative unless it is followed through with action. Husband, like uh, so many creative thinker, thinkers, use a notepad and a pencil as favorite working tools. When an idea occurred, he jotted it down. He, like other great men of accomplishment, engaged in thinking, planning, and studying time. Alex Osborne stated an obvious truth when he said, Everyone has some creative ability, but most people have not learned to use it. We'll be right back. Alex Osborne states an obvious truth when he said, Everyone has some creative ability, but most people have not learned to use it. Husband brainstorming methods explained in his easily read textbook, Applied Imagination, are being employed in college classrooms, factories, business, offices, churches, clubs, and in the home. Brainstorming, as developed by Husband, is a very simple method whereby two or more persons use their collective imaginations to come up with one idea that flash from the subconscious to the conscious mind in answer to a question incorporating a specific problem. The ideas are written down just as fast as they strike the mind of the participants. No critical judgment is permitted until after many ideas are written down. Later, the, the ideas are screened and judged to determine the practicality and value. LaSalle College in Philadelphia and many universities throughout the country teach well-round courses in creative thinking, which include the methods used by creative thinkers in many phases of business and industry. It was just such creative thinking that enabled Dr. Elmer Gates to make this world a better place in which to live. Dr. Gate was a great American teacher, philosopher, psychologist, scientist, and inventor. During his lifetime, he developed hundreds of inventions and discovery in the various arts and sciences. He did his creative thinking by sitting for ideas. Dr. Gate's own life proved that his method of brain and body building could develop a healthy body and increase the efficiency of the mind. Napoleon Hill recalled 
how on with a letter of introduction from Andrew. He went to visit Dr. Gates at his Chevy's laboratory. When Napoleon Hill arrived, Dr. Gates' secretary told him, I'm sorry, but I'm not permitted to disturb Dr. Gates at this time. How long do you think it will be before I can see him? Napoleon asked. I don't know, but it might take as long as three hours, she responded. Do you mind telling me why you are unable to disturb him? She hesitated and then responded. He's sitting for ideas. Napoleon, he smiled. What? Does that mean sitting for ideas? She returned the smile and said, Maybe we'd better let Dr. Get explain. I really don't know how long it will take, but you're welcome to wait. If you prefer to come again, I'll see if he can make a definite appointment for you. Mr. Hill decided to wait. It was a valuable decision. What he learned was well worth waiting for. This is how Napoleon Hill tell what happened. When Dr. Gates finally came into the room and his secretary introduced us, I juggling told him what his secretary had said. After he read the letter of introduction from Andrew, he responded pleasantly, Would you be interested in seeing where I sit for idea and how I get about it? He led me to a small soundproof room. The only furniture in the room consisted of a plain table and a chair. On the table were pads of paper, several pencils, and a push button to turn the light off and on. In our interview, Dr. Gates explained, that when he was unable to obtain an answer to a problem, he went into the room, closed the door, sat down, turned off the light, and engaged in deep concentration. He applied the success pencil of controlled attention, asking his subconscious mind to give him an answer to his specific problem, whatever it might be. On some occasions, ideas did not seem to come through. At other times, they would immediately flow into my mind. And in some instances, it would take as long as two hours before they made an appearance. As soon as ideas begin to, to crystallize, he would turn on the light and begin to write. The tournament gets refined and perfected more than 200 patterns which other inventor had honorable undertaking, but which had fallen just short of success. He was able to add the missing ingredient, 
there's something more. His method was to begin by examining the application for the patent and his drawing until he found its weakness. There's something more that was lacking. He would bring a copy of the patent application and drawing into the room while sitting for ideas. He would concentrate on finding the solution to a specific problem. When Napoleon Hill undertaked to explain the source of his results while sitting for ideas, he gave the following explanation. The sources of all ideas are knowledge stored in the subconscious mind and acquired through individual experience, observation, and education. Knowledge accumulated by others through the same media which may be communicated by telepathy. The great universal storehouse of infinite intelligence wherein is stored all knowledge and all facts and which may be contacted through the subconscious section of the mind. When I sit for ideas, I may tune in to one or all of the sources. If all the sources of ideas are available, I do not know what they are. Dr. Elmer Gates found the time to concentrate and think in his search for something more. He knew specifically what he was looking for and he followed through with positive action. In chapter 7, we will discuss how you can learn to see so that your search for something more will be made easier. In your search, you may fail, but in failing, you may succeed in discovering something even greater. Ask yourself, why? Be observant, think, get into action. The Bible and both a good comprehensive dictionary and an encyclopedia should, we believe, be in every home. They also can help in your search for something more. You don't need to be ashamed to be a failure like Christopher Columbus. Looking in your Encyclopedia Britannica and you'll find the thrilling, exciting story of Christopher Columbus. He studied astronomy, geometry, and cosmography at the University of Pavia. The Book of Marco Polo, Theory of Geographers, Report and Traditions of Mariners, as well as floating works of art and craftsmanship of non-European origin 
cast off by the sea. All the stimulate his imagination. Step by step, over the years, he came to the film belief through inductive reasoning that he was convinced to the to deductive reasoning that the Asiatic continent would be rich by sailing westward from Spain, just as well as Marco Polo had reached it by traveling east. He developed a burning desire to prove his theory. He thought the necessary financial backing ships and men to explore the unknown and find something more. He got into action. He kept his mind on his objective. Over a period of 10 years, he was often on the verge of receiving the necessary help, but the deception of a king, the ridicule, suspicious, and fear of subordinate government officials, the disbelief of those who wanted to help him, but who at the last moment refused because of the skepticism of their scientific advisors. All the the defeat after defeat, he kept trying. In 1492, he received the help for which he had so persistently searched and prayed. And in August of that year, he sailed westward for India, China, and Japan. He was on the right course and headed in the right direction. You know the story. After he landed on the island in the Caribbean, he returned to Spain with gold, cotton, parrots, curious arms, mysterious plants, unknown birds and beasts, and several natives. He brought, he thought he had achieved his objective and had reached the island of India, he had failed. He had not reached Asia, but without being aware of it, immediately Columbus had found something more, quite a bit more. You, like Christopher Columbus, may fail to reach your high, your objective, or your magnificent obsessions, you, like him, may fail destination in the realm of the unknown, but you may discover something more, something equaling the wealth of the Americas. You, like him, may inspire and direct those who follow you to head in the right direction on the right course and to continue further 
into the unknown until they achieve the worthwhile objective you conceive. You, like Columbus, have the time and the power to think. You, like him, can persistently strive with a positive mental attitude to achieve your indefinite mere aims to find something more. You don't need to be ashamed to be a failure like Christopher Columbus and something more. How can you apply it? By now, you should be in a positive to extract principles from specific illustrations so that you can relate, assimilate, and use them. We agree with Admiral H. Recover in the fundamental truth of his statement. Among the young engineers we interviewed, we find few who have received frugal training in engineering fundamentals or principles, but must have observed quantities of facts. Much easier to learn than principles, but of little use without application of principles. Once a principle has been acquired, it becomes a part of one and is never lost. It can be applied to novel problems and does not become absolute as do all facts in a changing society. Learn the principles. Apply them. If you are not making satisfactory progress toward achieving your aims, look for the something more. It may be known or unknown, but you'll find it. If you take the necessary time to study, think, plan, and search for it, now this chapter will not be complete without reference to cosmic habit force. Use cosmic habit force is one of the 17 success principles. And the concept of cosmic habit force is easy to understand, for it is a name that we have given to applied power of any natural or universal principle of law, known or unknown. Cosmic habit force can be simply defined as the use of universal law. Whether it is known or unknown to you, as an example, it's easy to understand that when an object falls to the ground, the law of gravity is being applied. And therefore, if you want an object to fall from a given height, you use cosmic habit force. And in this particular instance, the law of gravity. But the law of gravity or any other law is not in itself a power. Yet, when you properly use the principle, then power is employed according to universal law.
and thus the breaking of the atom, every invention, every chemical formula, every psychic phenomenon, every individual action and reaction, be it physically, mental, or spiritual, is the result of the use of natural law. For every result, there is a cause, and the result is brought about through the use of cosmic habit force. <clears throat> Again, man is a mind with a body, and he can think. It is through thinking that he learns how to use cosmic habit force and his thinking can bring the thoughts he thinks into reality. This concept is not difficult to comprehend, for in 1905, Albert Einstein gave to the world his now famous for formula E equal MC two. This formula explained the relationship between energy and matter. When matter approaches the speed of light, we call it energy, and as the velocity slow down to zero, it remains matter. In the formula E is energy, M is mass or matter, and C represents the velocity of light. We'll be right back. And thus, we see that Einstein's formula is a word symbol of one of the laws of cosmic habit force and by understanding and praying this formula man has been able to turn matter into energy and energy into matter and to use atomic power for constructive purpose purposes such as to light an entire city to power ship, or even for such everyday affairs as to develop heat for cooking, and something more. We can now see that because matter and energy are the same thing, everything is in the universe is related. Now, you've got a problem, that's good. And you learn in the next chapter how to adapt many of the lessons learned in this chapter to your own life. And then you will be able successfully to meet the problems created by the universal law of change, which like all natural law is the result of cosmic habit force. Steer thoughts. Thoughts to steer by and something more. 
What does the important principle contained in this chapter mean to you and how can you apply it? If you have failed in an endeavor, could it be because you lack something more or maybe a missing number for a correct winning combination for success? The whole is equal to the sum of all the parts and is greater than any of its parts. Are any missing parts keeping you from success? The little difference between success and failure is often something more. Hip, hip, away, a movable wing flap, a quarter turn of his screws. Are you in partnership with your silent senior partner? Use the simplest but most important of instrument ever invented paper and pencil to write down flashes of inspiration when they occur. How does the tailor Techniques of brainstorming differ from that of sitting for ideas. What is the value of each? Use the success principle of control attention. Don't be afraid to be a failure like Christopher Columbus. Have you established the habit of learning fundamental principles? Or do you merely absorb quantity of facts? Do you understand and can you apply in your own experience the fundamental truth and principles of Admiral H.G. statement? Among the young engineers we interviewed, we find few who have received through training in engineering fundamentals or principle, but most have absorbed quantities of facts much easier to learn than principles, but of little use without application of principles. Once a principle has been acquired, it becomes a part of one and is never lost. It can be applied to novel problem and does not become absolute. As do all facts in a changing society. Absolute. Absolute. Yeah. Once a principle has been acquired, it becomes a part of one. And is never lost. It can be applied to novel problems and does not become obsolete as do all facts in a changing society. You don't need to be ashamed to be a failure like Christoph Columbus. Until next time.